Before we start the show, I got to give you guys the inside scoop on the best electrician in town. That's right. It is Piper Electric. They've been around for over 35 years and they are the most fairly priced, dependable and trustworthy electrical contracting companies in the Denver community. Best part is if you call 202-646-6765, Piper Electric will hook you up with the DNVR back to school special and you will save 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small. So don't forget to call our friends over at Piper Electric. Let's start the show. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Scott. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dom two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Andre, are we good? You know it. All right. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, home of the greatest beers in Colorado. All of in our the world. Fa- in, oh, sorry. In the world. In the world. <laughs> well, what's your favorite beer then, Ryan? Tell the folks. Strawberry Sky. It's got to be Strawberry Sky. I had my first one this weekend. Fire. Absolute fire. Would you say it's your favorite too, Brendan? Yes. In fact, is 11.59 too early? Slash, do we have any in the office? We do have some strawberries, guys. You should have grabbed some. All right. Kale super intern. (laughs) (laughs) Get on it. Go fetch. He's trapped in a world of cords. Uh, Ruto, which one's your favorite Breck brew? Mine changes like every week. I'm not going to lie. Because there's just too many good ones. Their Christmas ale is out now, actually, at my local. I haven't had that one. Seasonal. Right, exactly. Their seasonals are super good. I've had their autumn one and their Christmas one now, and they're both. What's the Christmas one taste like? Like Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, was a, wow. that was an alley well. Great description. All right, Drew, what's like, your favorite breakfast? It tastes like Boo. waking up on Christmas morning, running downstairs, seeing all the presents under the tree, and seeing the exact present in the shape of the box that you were hoping for. A six-pack of Breck Brew. Yes, yeah, exactly. and that's what it was. <laughs> exactly. It all came full circle. Colorado <laughs> Core. The answer is Colorado, Colorado Core. Core. That's stuff. That's it's the nectar of the gods. Like the I, I have, I have wow. bought in so entirely on Colorado Core because I'm a big cider guy. But the problem mm. is they can be really, really sweet, and like you can only drink one. And who's trying to just drink one? So Colorado Core like backs off on all of that, but it gives you like the beer part of it too. But still, it's like the perfect fall drinking beer. I'm gonna see if it continues to be my favorite as we go into winter. I may find the Christmas ale to be more to my liking, but right now I can't get enough of it. The vanilla porter. Go ahead. Old standby. I've been drinking that for years and years. So like, so good. Like it's so good. It's so smooth. Yeah. Like when I had it for the first time, I was like, whoa. Yeah. You were gonna say nitro. People don't realize that uh, Coors Field is actually named after Colorado Core. C O R E apostrophe S. Coors Field. And with that, (laughs) (laughs) as you guys heard, I've got Drew Creaseman here, Rudo, Brendan Bo, and Ryan Konigsberg. Andre Simone is on the board, and Super Intern Kale is helping out with the live stream. We got to start off with your Colorado Avalanche. They beat the Capitals in D.C. 6-3 after scoring three goals on three shots. And then they went up 4-0 in only nine minutes and 25 seconds of play. I mean, wow, they're undefeated, 5-0. And it's just wow. Yeah, you got to love learning something new i've never seen a goalie end the game with a zero save percentage before but shout out Braden holby has that been done do we know if that's i have no idea if it's happened i don't even know where you would look that up because you have to get pulled pretty early to get a zero save percentage three shots three goals on three shots 
It's yeah. just absolutely I wild. Mean, I think that first period, yes, the Capitals struggled, but it also showed the potential of this team. That, that period was the best the Avs have played so far this season. Then the rest of the game, they decided to make things interesting, which yeah. is classic Avs. But at the end of the day, you're 5-0. and you can't complain at all. So, But that happens when you go up by that many points. Yeah. You feel like cruise control comes on. It's pretty funny, though, because uh, on the broadcast, after they scored on the first two shots, uh, Mosier says, if they want to chase Holpe, score on the next shot. And the funny thing is McNabb goes, I don't know if they want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <He> <laughs> because right. then the other dude came in, and, and I mean, he ended up only giving in one. Oh, no, he ended he, up giving in two. He gave up two in an empty and netter. An empty yeah. yeah. And, but. So far, Samsonov, their other goalie, has been the much better goalie for them. So thank you for starting group, Capitals. <laughs> Is it safe to say that that was like the avalanche we've been waiting for, like the peak in terms of firing, just that first that first period? Is it peak? It's very close. Uh, they absolutely have the offensive ability to score on every single shot. I still think some players like McKinnon are capable of more volume offensively because when you get up, Three nothing in the first seven minutes. You go well. You know, maybe we don't have to really dominate the rest of the game, right. which has its own problems for sure. But yes, that on the offensive side, the Avs are that's about as good as you can hope for. Is that first period? It was literally an avalanche. Of <laughs> it really was. <laughs> wow, and then well played. The, the Cavs spent the entire rest of the game trying to dig out from the snow that covered them. Yeah, the and they suffocated. Way to paint a picture. Yeah, He's really did a great job. He's wordsmithing today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many years until the Avs give up a top 50 pick for Samsonov? Since that's their deal, yeah. right? We just <laughs> trade for goalies on the caps. Well, given the way Francois played the other night, maybe never. I so mean, now we know how to pronounce it. Yeah, how do you don't take it? my pronunciation <laughs> as law there? The announcers uh, during the game changed their pronunciation like ten times. So I want it to Fran-Sous? be Francis, so we can just do. Sous. It's definitely not Francis, even oh, though man. I called him that for a year as well. That I, I said that on my video. It's yesterday. very Sorry, very people. hard for Americans, I think, because he like flicks his tongue and mutes the U, which is a Czech thing, I guess. And I can't. I physically cannot do it. So I just say Francois. But well, give give us your best impersonation of how he says it. Francois. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Francois is that word. Pavel works so well, though. Yeah, like, just call not? him Pavs or something. Yeah. I don't know. Totally. All right, Drew. The whole world is waiting for your yes. hockey takes. <laughs> Drew has found a new love, and that is hockey and the Colorado Avalanche. I have watched four entire periods of hockey now. <laughs> And I followed one hockey game on my phone. Uh, that was the one that, that the one in overtime. Uh, I had stuff going on, but you know, I this is exciting. I'm having fun, and of course, I'm totally bandwagoning onto an awesome team, and I am absolutely fine with that. I would like to be captain of this year's bandwagon if that spot can be open. Because, After the season you, know, you had with the Rockies, it's understandable. I, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, uh, it, it is fun to just totally root for a, a team unabashedly and not know really anything about the sport. Um, I, I mean, I understand the basics a little bit. You know, I played soccer growing up, so I think that's kind of my entry point of understanding at least some of the spatial stuff in hockey but there's so many nuances that i obviously don't understand but like you know during the game yesterday i'm i'm googling offsides during that whole replay situation to be like okay all right i need to understand because everything they were saying i was like didn't understand get that and it's different (laughs) than soccer but similar so i'm like not knowing offsides puts you in the same category as the nhl ref so you're fine there hey hey mic drop they won the game it's okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no, that that was a whole lot of fun, and like the Avs community on Twitter has been super they awesome fully about it. Embraced you, it's yeah. awesome. Uh, everyone's been really nice and like putting things in baseball terms for me, <laughs> so I'll understand stuff. And I love the willingness to do that. Uh, I know that there can be a lot of like gatekeeping in these communities. You know, I know a lot about that from the comic book world and from a little bit of soccer. There's a lot of that where people don't like it if you don't know their sport and you want to talk about it and i've gotten zero of that well here's the thing with uh hockey fans especially they can very much be like that absolutely but i think where it's appreciated is you aren't coming in 
without knowing and pretending like you do know. Right. That's where yeah. hockey fans get really frustrated is when, you know, uh, you know, big Broncos guy comes walking down the hall, starting telling them how to, you know, how their hockey team sucks or, or how the hockey team should do this or that. When you come in and you're like, Hey, I don't know what's going on. Teach me. And they're like, yeah, come on, come be one of us. Right. It's been a lot of fun. And like, I, I get that from a Rockies perspective because Rockies fans feel that way too. There's a lot of football style analysis of, their baseball team and it makes no sense and it, and it's really frustrating so Stupid football guys yeah <laughs> i think fans are also really excited to just have the city of, the city of denver and and colorado like start embracing their team and so i think people are just excited they they want other people to be excited they want to be that denver team yeah i I love digging into the analytics of hockey and things like that, but at the same time, I love bringing in new fans and watching Nikita Zadorov do a spinorama snipe and just being like, there's no analytics there. That was just dope. Spinny goal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's your favorite goal Spinny type. Spinny goal is my favorite goal by far. I've gotten treated to a couple of nice ones from my new favorite player, Boo. Burakovsky. Burakovsky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I know. I look. He's your boo. He's your boo. It's October okay. version of him. Burakovsky. Burakovsky. It's my guy. <laughs> Apparently not totally uh, yesterday yet. Yesterday the spinny goal was Nikita Zadorov. Right. That was a that was a very pretty Big one Z, too. Can things be pretty? Like it. Oh yeah, pretty. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Someone needs to show him that Colin Wilson uh, yeah. spinny goal from last the year. The wheel snipe Selly from Colin Wilson yes. for sure. <laughs> one of my favorite things about hockey has always been because I never really watched the games, but obviously a huge sports guy. You know, back in the day when everybody watched Sports Center and they would always have the top tens. I would catch some hockey and my issue with it was always there's so much chaos I could never understand what was going on but then the best thing about it is when somebody has a moment of brilliance in hockey they exert an extraordinary amount of control over that chaos in in a way that just blows me away like how given all the circumstances <laughs> that were completely out of your control there did you do something so purposefully? And that's what blew me away about the first period. And I even kind of tweeted it out. Everything the Avs did was crisp and purposeful. Yeah. And you recognize that in professional sports, guys that know what they're doing. And so when you can control the chaos, it, it, it blows me away. And it wasn't just the people who were scoring goals. If you looked at Nikita Zdorov's goal, Nathan McKinnon gets up so high he hops over so that the goal so it could be a goal and he doesn't deflect it i didn't even know you could do that i literally i'd never seen a hockey player on jump skates. before unless he was like jumping over you know a dead guy on the ice trying to <laughs> yeah oh boy. It, it's such a it's such a great sport to watch and if if i may just um flex slightly for a second here i got to watch the game on saturday night from the ninth row center ice shout out chris fusilli blake street tavern for hooking up those tickets. And even then, like, it's amazing on TV. When you get up close and you get to see it like that, it is incredible what these guys are doing. Like, when you boil it down to, like, its purest form, you're like, these guys are on, like, tiny little blades on ice doing, like you said, like, you know, controlled, controlling chaos, zipping through guys, making these passes, like, the speed of the passes. I, you talk about them jumping. It always blows me away how good they are at just catching the puck with their, like, very clunky gloves on. Casually skating backwards is an essential part of the game. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. I don't understand. Right. Like it's every other sport, you have your skill set. And then in hockey years, your skill set, puck control, handling the puck, receiving passes, squeezing through windows, scoring on a goalie that's taking up most of the goal. And then they're on skates. I don't understand how they right. do it. There's a guy behind us at the game who was like, I don't get how they pass it so hard and then it doesn't bounce off their stick on the other side. Yeah, I don't get oh it. My no, God, there's I, so many I don't either. <laughs> there's like, look, they go so fast over there and then they're still so fast over there. <laughs> Going backwards. I don't, well, and, and I, I don't want to make too many of the hockey people have won over grown now, but every time I see someone catch a really hard pass like that, I think of the Mighty Ducks and the eggs on the ice. And the, like, I, was like, I always think, catch it like an egg, dude. That must be what they're doing, man. They're catching it like an egg. I get this thing. I'm getting it. Yeah. That holds up until someone tries to throw a saucer pass through the air and they have to bat it out of midair into the goal. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's they really are truly incredible athletes. Uh, I've skated my entire life, and I still struggle with doing the 180 and keeping my momentum into skating backwards. So the fact that pretty much every single NHL player can do that in their sleep is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Rudoka, can I? I'm gonna give you like benchmarks 
for, for sure. where the abs are in the league, and you yes. tell me to keep going. Uh-huh. I assume they're a top 10 team in the league. Yes. Top eight? Yes. Top five? Yes. Top three? Yes. Are they the best team in the league? I don't think so because of schedule differences, mm. but they are the only undefeated team in the NHL currently. That's worth something. And after beating Boston, I think you could make the argument that they are. You the absolutely could. I, all right, look, it's five games into the season. The other undefeated team until last night was the Edmonton Oilers who were no one expected to be there. So small sample size, but, but McDavid, right? McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl kind of just carried that team. And then James Neal decided to be good again, but the Avs had expectations this year. And so far they've made those expectations look well, well below the bar. Um, I haven't seen him lose a game since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. You're the lucky charm. <laughs> No, I, I must have paid some attention <laughs> in there. Yeah. Drew, what do you think of the fights in hockey? Yeah. It's very different than every sport. <laughs> yeah, like, out of context of the rest of it, I, I find it as entertaining as anybody else. And it, it does seem like I've seen, you know, the highlights of the older ones. It's like, that would make me oh. uncomfortable. <laughs> what, what they appear to allow is fighting now, like... Yeah, all right, but I'm also old enough to remember when Carmelo Anthony got suspended for like 20 games of a season, and the entire Nuggets year was completely torpedoed because he slapped a guy. <laughs> yeah, and the closed I, fist know, slap. Right. I, I stand by that. In uh, no, stand by that as a proper form of attack. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a good move. <laughs> Glad that happened. So, and then he ran away. Solid strategy. Slap him in the face and run away. Yeah. Marty Collins was. Uh, after he tackled J.R. Smith. I remember that very vividly. <laughs> and because it actually it legitimately torpedoed the Nuggets' entire season. And they could have... was su- suspended for what? 20, did you say 20? I think it was, it I was, thought 15, it was 15. 15. 15 oh, yeah. games. Yeah. Nene yeah. got they, 10. Right. They added Iverson maybe three games into the suspension. So right. then it became the AI show. Right. Then Melo comes in. I think AI gets injured. So there was like a 30-game stretch of like, oh, it's either Iverson or Melo and... Then right. they had to play together, and that was no fun. Right. And then they took game one from the Spurs that year before they went on to destroy everybody else. But that, that, that kind of stuff really does bother me. Or like, It wasn't that long ago that uh, Nolan Arenado got suspended for five games for swinging and missing. <laughs> that was so dope. Yeah. I loved seeing Nolan that yeah. mad. Yeah. He that was, was awesome. livid. Yeah. Are we pro-violence? Is this a pro-violence <laughs> podcast? Um, well, moving it back to the game against the Caps. Good call. <laughs> they went up ahead by so much that the Caps' goal was just to literally like smash yeah. them against the boards. And with, with little Sammy G, it's so nerve-wracking to watch when he's he's gotten bigger but he's still so small, and I'm like, please, no. And the Avs are uh, mostly a finesse team. Absolutely. So as soon yeah. as the team's just, like, headhunting them, you're like, oh, God. It's like, please, <laughs> get yeah. out of the period. I mean, it's hockey's a funny that way because the person who laid the biggest hit on Sam Gerrard was Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Who is arguably the greatest shooter in the history of hockey. And yet he's still six foot three, two twenty, and can just level you because you have to be that in hockey. And Gerard isn't. That's the one drawback in Sam Gerard's game is he's gonna be on the smaller side and he's gonna have to deal with contact most of the time. He has his spin move that gets him out of trouble, but occasionally they line him up. And thankfully from this one, he popped right back up and looked fine. But he looked dazed. Nah, he looks. Fine. He looked dazed to me. <laughs> shook it he was like oh okay uh, and then popped right back yeah, it's up it's like but I 1980s like, football like, oh, he just yeah. got his bell rung <laughs> <laughs> that means he has a concussion they have concussion <laughs> spotters and he didn't get called but well that's a topic we won't have to go too deep into there but so uh bedner is now well i guess i said bedner was three for three on his challenges but i got corrected on that on twitter but that's Sh- shocker <laughs> well not, i mean the coach it still has coach to it's has the entire challenge. staff but, yeah um the heimlich maneuver exactly yeah. <laughs> but last year that was very different the avs weren't getting these calls the uh, the capitals scored and it got overturned for offside and the Avs were not getting those calls last year and this year everything is going their way we're going to touch on wood for that yeah they've all been pretty definitive this year so far thankfully hopefully that continues we'll see which way they they start to break when it's a 50 50 type call 
not sure. You'd never really know. With those ones, hopefully things are a little bit clearer with the offsides, at least. I do think that the rule is dumb. <laughs> the Avs got a goal called back 50 seconds later from compared to when the offsides happened earlier. So that's just, for me, that's no fun for anyone. Because now every time a team enters a zone, you're like, well, do I even care? Because it could yeah. be offside. So maybe none of this matters at all. But so far, it's worked in the Avs' favor. You take it every single time. And anything Jared Bednar can take, he deserves. Because... I just want to paint a picture for newer Avs fans. Bednar has made the playoffs two of his three coaching years before this one. He's undefeated this season, and he is still under 500 as a coach for his record. Wow. Because of one terrible, terrible year. I mean, terrible. Yeah, truly historically terrible. Was it 47 points? 48. 48 points. Don't take one away. (laughs) (laughs) We need everything we could get. The Avs are truly, the turnaround has been so fast, and I love all of the new fans coming in. It's, the atmosphere around the team is the best it's been in a decade, for sure. Here's the thing, though. What was their uh, record in overtime last year? As I forget the exact number, but it was like, yeah, it was like yeah. really, really bad. I they think had they had 14 or 15 overtime losses. Yeah, yeah, they had like zero until like the closer to the second half of the season. Yeah. So you take that, and that was a, an anomaly. Yep. You, you should never be that bad in overtime. And then the, the amount of offsides, 50-50 calls that went against them felt like an anomaly. If those things even out last year, you're talking about a team that gets a much higher seed in the playoffs is a much better team. This year, if those things start to go their way, I mean, I feel like that's why, like, it's one of, well, obviously it's one of the reasons why they're undefeated right now. But, I mean, that's how, like, just that you take it and you're like, yeah, they're competing for the number one seed last year if they just can even those things out. Yeah, it's it really is the little things for them now to just kind of find the consistency and not let those anomalies get the best of them. Just kind of keeping it even keel. If they lose a couple overtime games, they come back and win the next one instead of it tumbling into something bigger than it needs to be. All right, well, the Avs take on the Pittsburgh Penguins Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Rudo, what do the Avs need to do to keep this undefeated streak? Well, this is the McKinnon versus Crosby Cole Harbor battle, and it's time for McKinnon to show up and be the player he can be. I say that McKinnon has eight points in five games, (laughs) which is ridiculous to say he's looked human with those point totals, but he absolutely has, and Crosby tends to bring out the best in him. I would love it if, as Drew talked about, McKinnon is one of those players that's absolutely capable of completely controlling a play and entirely taking over a game. And that's what I need to see. Do you have someone else? Well, him not doing that so far, is that like, is that him recognizing the rest of his team is playing well, Miko is balling, him just doing the things he needs to do? Or has Nathan McKinnon been subpar this season? Subpar is. Yeah, I can't no, call him no, subpar. Right. right. Well, subpar. sorry, as, as a scorer. Below his standards. Below his, his elite standards as a, as a scorer and a goal hunter. Right? Yes, below his standards, absolutely. Um, I don't think it's the recognition of the teammates around him by him. However, Bednar has been much better about spreading out the time on ice. He's not mm. playing these ridiculously absurd minutes. That's playing it into it a little bit, but... Also, he just hasn't quite found his shot yet this season. Both of his goals, one was an empty netter last night, and the other one was a tap-in rebound. So he's shooting on non-empty nets. He's shooting below 6% or something, which is way too low for him. It will come up. And once that happens, it it's actually kind of a good thing because this happens every year with the Rockies where the whole team gets hot at once, and then they spend the rest of the season having pieces of it but can't put it all together. McKinnon not being hot now means that when Rantanen goes cold in the future, McKinnon can step up a bit more. So reminds me of when Nolan Arenado literally did not hit a home run for the first 10 days of the season, and he hit 41 this year. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm looking at it as a positive because I'm like, wow, they're 5-0 with Mac just being – I don't even know what to call it. Very good, just not great yeah, like, yet. Let's right. not kid around. Max on pace for like 130 points, and we're <laughs> like, oh, he's, he's got more. He'll be better. It's fine. But yeah. he does. But he does. Right. No, yeah. it, it really does feel like he, he could 
potentially win every award in the league if he figures it out. It's kind of how I feel about Philip Lindsay right now. Is he has he's on pace for over a thousand yards and eleven touchdowns, and I'm like, yeah, still haven't seen like full fill, fill yet yeah. for sure. Um, but with that, going back to the Avs, it's been really exciting to see the Avs not. The Evs struggle a bit in their secondary scoring last year and the improvements that Joe Sackick made in the offseason and how much better that has been in these last yeah. five games. Yeah, it's obviously Burkowski with the two game winning goals has has drew as a new fan my guy, uh, <laughs> which What's was his nickname. Uh, I call Burra? him Burra. Mo- well, Burra. these days I call him Kakarot because I had fun with making him a super Can't Saiyan. spell that either. That's awesome. <laughs> it's an S, a K, and a J all right together, so that's a no. <laughs> um, yeah, Burra. Burra is good. He has stepped up his game. I think he's been a lot solider than a lot of people expected. And then last game against the Capitals, obviously, Kadri went off and, and helped with three points in those first four goals. So... And That's, then Donskoy also. Yeah, Donskoy got involved early and then picked up a couple points against the Caps as well, or Bell at least Moore. one assist. I need nicknames for all these new guys. Yeah. So, Kadri, what's his nickname on the team? Nas. Okay. Nas. Um, Donskoy? I don't know if I'm allowed to say that one on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that. You just call him the Don, because I think that'd be dope. I'm down with that. All right. Don. Um, <laughs> uh, um, Belmar? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's two with him. A lot of people say Belly, but his name is Pierre mm-hmm. Edward Belmar, so it's P E B. So a lot of people call him Pebbles. Is that like so what his teammates it? call him? Or does he hate that? I kind of would hate that if I was him. I don't really know. Uh, he's a he's a really fun guy in the locker room, so I think he just goes with whatever. Okay, and then Nachuskin, Nuke. Okay. Nuke. Oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. Is it Belmar or Belmare? Belmar, from okay. everything I've heard. <laughs> These hockey names. Yeah, I know. All right, we got, we're all ready to go now. Oh, you Ryan? know who I love? Sam Gerrard. <laughs> Did he do the loop-de-loo that made yeah. everyone yes. mad? Yes. Great move. Great move. What, what's he called that? It, what's the French name for that that Gerrard uses for a spinny? La Tornade. Yeah. Oh. Learn oh. that. Learn yeah. that, Drew. There's La another tornade. one. Yeah. <laughs> Separate from a pirouette, also. I think French. so. Yes, <laughs> that was a Z. Z my, my guy Z, my, my my man Z. Yeah, I learned some of these names. I promise. Ryan's new guy is Ryan Graves. I'm just a big Graves guy. Yeah, the gravy train. You can get you can get on that. Gravy train. Gravy train. Hockey people. <laughs> is it because you hilarious. have the same name? Kinda a little bit. <laughs> a little. <laughs> but yeah. also, I, I don't know. Because you also liked Ryan McMahon. I didn't love him as much until I saw him up close and personal the other night. I'm like, I just like the way this guy plays. And then Kadri, I. From the second the trade yeah, happened, I said Kadri's yeah. my guy. So. In the preseason, you said it. Yeah, I was like, I just want everyone to know that he's my guy. No one else can have him. Kadri's the guy that when Washington's running around doing stuff with Sam Girard, that he'll run up and just punch him in the face. Yeah, see, I love that. <laughs> they needed a dude like so that. So it is you promoting need, violence. You need a D-bag like, on your team. He likes that. Absolutely. You could use one in the office. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we need an enforcer in here. Yeah. Okay, with that. Um, we are having a abs watch party at the Ice House, at Ice House Tavern, correct name for it, um, downtown tomorrow, Wednesday night, game starts at 5 p.m., so be sure to stop by, I think pretty much everyone is going to be there, and it's going to be a great time, and we're also giving away sweet tickets, and the sweet, let me tell you, is freaking dope. So you're going to want to be there for that, we'll be selling merch, and there'll be Breck Brews galore. But if you're not going to be at the watch party, then you got to stop by Total Bev and check out their incredible 30% off deal that they're giving specifically to the DNVR family. 30% off your purchase of $25 or more using the promo code DNVR2019 online or on their Total Beverage app. They've got everything you're looking for, including CBD products. And if you get overwhelmed with hundreds of options, don't worry. Their incredible staff members will help you find exactly what you want. So don't forget to use the promo code DNVR2019 for that 30% off. We're going to talk about the good old Broncos and Nuggets now. Hell yeah. <laughs> At the same time. All right, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners would really not like that. Um. Let's start off with the Nuggets. All right. They are undefeated as well in the preseason. That's right. It is the preseason. You could argue it's a bigger deal than <laughs> So wait, no, uh, Avs are going for 98-0 and 0 with the cup. The Nuggets have a chance to go 102-0 with the four preseason wins. That's good math. Well, Thank they you. haven't won that fourth game yet, so know, knock just, on wood. Yeah, Don't well, get ahead of yourself. The Avs also haven't won Championship uh, mentality. more that they need. <laughs> One day at a time. 
Oh, so, oh well, is that we're, is we're there a question? Are we just them, talking about I them? I mean, how do you think they – so they took yeah. on the Phoenix Suns last night, won that game, almost almost blew it, though. Um, but <laughs> they didn't. Michael Porter Jr. once again looked great. Jeremy Grant as well. What do you think of their performance? Yeah, uh, obviously I think you start – well, we'll start with Michael Porter Jr. That's oh, where yeah. everyone wants to start. He looked great again. Um, he looks really aggressive as a scorer. He has scoring <laughs> instincts. And his skill set is just popping off the screen right now. So however much work he has in front of him in terms of getting into this rotation, starting, being an impact player on a 54-win caliber team, we'll have that discussion. But we know that at his core, MPJ is this good. MPJ is cut from that cloth of elite prospects. And if he's healthy, the Nuggets have another young stud. And so beyond being excited about what this team did last year, what they can do, Nuggets fans are really lucky right now because they also kind of have that like tankathon prospect ace in the hole kind of deal. And so everything's going well, but the future looks bright right now. And so you just have to start with Michael Porter Jr. MBJ is crazy because it looks so easy for him. Easy. And um Maybe this is a hot take, but I'm just watching him. I'm getting the same feeling that we just talked about with McKinnon and Philip Lindsay. Like, yeah, he's having these really good games, but it doesn't – I still feel like he's still working – like, he's still – absolutely. He has not hit his form yet. He's still not in basketball shape. Right. He looks great, but it's been a calendar year since he was playing at this level. Even, like, his jumper, it doesn't look, like, fully in form yet. Like, I can see the ceiling for him, and it is so – unbelievably high we saw a lot of it last night he is an elite cutter or he's going to be an elite cutter if he's not there yet he walked into a catch and shoot three which he drained and he had he had this one uh bucket from the left side on the baseline where he caught it on the move mid-range and turned and adjusted his body mid-air and just drained it yeah. and that's that is a really difficult that was shot pretty too that was a spinny that was a spinny goal yeah it's a spinny goal it's a spinny goal you're not supposed to be able to do that when you're that big no when you're that big and it's and when you see him like moving he looks like a gazelle to me those long bouncy steps mm-hmm. so i mean this is a guy that is showing you three different levels of scoring that are going to translate at this level defensively he's got a long way to go mm-hmm. But he has a higher baseline than the other guys in this small forward competition because he's 6'10". And we saw some of that size and length come into play last night, generated two blocks and a steal. So it's going to be a learning curve, but it's I, I say if we're not there yet, in two weeks people will be calling for him to start. He's learning to skate backwards. He'll he's, get there. He, he's yeah. learning <laughs> to skate backwards. Yeah. I, I love how we put it all in reference for all the other sports. <laughs> like I think the Nuggets' best five, and this doesn't have to be the actual lineup, is Jamal, Gary, MPJ, Grant, Jokic. Yep. Y- yeah, I mean, if that's eventually going to be it. There's no doubt yep. about it, if he's healthy. Now, well, by next year, that's basically, like... That's the idea. Fast forward a year right? from now, that's definitely that's the what idea. the starting five should be. Now, I'll do the pump the brakes on MPJ thing. As far as who's going to start, it's been so long since he's played 80... Like, well, he's never played 82 games. You can't just throw him into that, right? Yeah. He, he he needs to work his body and his mind back up to this pace and this speed. And there's no you're doing him and the team no favors by rushing him out there. So there's a good chance someone else will start, but there's also a good chance that by January MPJ has claimed that spot. Is so, there any chance that he doesn't play much at all early in the season? Yeah, yeah. I mean Malone has said that he's going to make him earn his minutes. Malone prefers guys he can trust defensively. That's still going to be a process. So he might be playing, you know, eight to ten minutes to start. Um, will it get up to to fifteen? We don't know. It'll be contingent upon some of those non-scoring things, defense, rebounding, uh, just general approach. But yeah, I mean, it's it's on the. T- what's weird about MPJ is such a wide range is on the table right now. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint what we'll see. So with that, we've had a chance to see Will Barton and Tory Craig um, fight for that small forward position. Who do you think is going to start? Yeah, I mean, neither had a great game last night. Mm-hmm. Will Barton looked awful. Didn't matter who he was sharing the court with. Um, it, his three-point shot, he didn't look strong at the rim. He wasn't making smart decisions. He was looking off MPJ, which should be a crime in the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> and then Torrey Craig is... Those all, two probably shouldn't be on the floor together. Well, yeah, they definitely <laughs> shouldn't. And and Craig, when you put him in there with the starters, you saw some of his potential value, that hustle, that defensive ability. But you also see the other side of that sword. And that's the other team's indifference to him on the offensive end. Mm -hmm. His inability to make himself a threat when he's off ball. And teams are ignoring him. He cuts at weird times. It clogs Jokic's lanes. So 
the, the, the spacing's just all off with Craig in there. And so I do think it'll probably be Will Barton, but he did not he did himself no favors last night. Worst player on the floor, I thought. I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta talk about Nikola Jokic because he kind of made sure he didn't play much last. That was night. I respect <laughs> that so much. That was the most he, impressive. He got three fouls in the first period. He was like peace. <laughs> it, it took him maybe six minutes. Once he got the second, he could not wait to pick up that third. <laughs> yeah, his and people were excited to see him and Jeremy Grant play together and be on the court at the same time, and we barely saw that. Yeah, he's pretty clearly going at half speed, but as uh, Adam Otis said in the group chat last night, the fun part about Jokic at half speed is that's like 1% worse than full Jokic, because mm. he's never really going too fast <laughs> anyway. And even when he doesn't care and, his, and he's disinterested, he still puts his fingerprints on a win. So you don't worry about him at all in the preseason but you do laugh because it's peak Jokic. he he does not want this like he would forgo it if it was up to him well do you think the nuggets will go undefeated in the preseason yeah and the regular season probably <laughs> oh, okay. uh Hot yeah I, I think they could go undefeated in the preseason it won't matter at all so there's that but yeah <laughs> well. no they're they're really deep right now and that's here's a real take that's sort of what's reared its head during this preseason is when all these other teams are checking in guys in garbage time that I have to Google as a credentialed basketball writer. The Nuggets are checking in guys that have legitimate claim to a spot in a rotation. So the depth jumps off the page right now. And we saw a little bit in that, in that first quarter last night of what the Nuggets look like when the starters are clicking at the same time, particularly Murray and Harris. So not quite as exciting as 5-0, and but the Nuggets hype is real right now. All right, well, another hype that is kind of getting real is the Denver Broncos. Broncos are back, baby. Weird to say. <laughs> um, they shut out the Tennessee Titans 16-0 on Bowl. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, that defense looked like the defense we've been waiting to see all season. And why, why is that? What changed? Well, real quick, when was the Avs' first game? October 3rd. So, and when was the Nuggets' first preseason game? I got it up. Hold on. Um, uh, October 8th. So the Nuggets, Avs, and Broncos, none of them have lost in October. Wow. Rockies haven't lost in October. Rocktober. There we go. Rocktober. (laughs) And I think DU Hockey also has not lost in October. Do you know who has lost in October? Hey, don't say it. The Buffs wow. and the Rams. Uh, sad. We didn't the bring them on for a reason. Yeah, we didn't bring those losers. Got to earn a spot at this table. Well, the defense changed, and we talked about this a little bit last week because uh, Vic Fangio pulled some triggers and, and made some moves and pulled some strings. When he put in Alexander Johnson, ah, I keep doing that. They got me. I'm calling him AJ, but I keep accidentally slipping and calling him Alexander. AJ likes him. But that's Just his like name. you like Ryan Graves, our AJ Hayfley likes AJ Johnson. Why don't you want to call him Alexander Johnson? That's his name. No, his name is AJ. Oh. And <laughs> it's a better name. And it just sounds okay. better. It goes like his the way he looks and the way he plays is so dope and then you add in his dreads and that's even doper and then you add in his name is aj johnson and that guy is just a baller and he's number 45 he not he checks off all of my boxes and then do you add in that he's a dinosaur and he's a dino and <laughs> i'm what sorry does that mean? yeah what is that <laughs> yeah we're gonna need basketball a guy yeah. checking in here <laughs> is that a football term <laughs> nope that's just his self-proclaimed oh, so uh, alter ego. Is you guys dinosaur. should read. He's a he said so we should. So that's what I he does after he makes plays. So he said that he has come up ears. with this term <laughs> that he's a dinosaur because dinosaurs eat goats. How great is that? So wait, does he eat goats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might. I mean, goat meat isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I have a feeling that in this context, he's not like cooking and roasting it. Like I think just, he's just a big yeah, fan yeah. of like goat cheese on uh, okay. crackers and right. stuff. The That's face you made on the goat reminded me <laughs> of the first time you tried a Rocky Mountain oyster. At the Dark Horse. Uh, yeah, Did we, I do that? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, we made Brendan try Rocky Mountain Oysters. <laughs> After right. the Buffs game. Wow. I don't think I liked it. No, <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I can't remember. Bad. Uh, they're Ryan actually quite them. good, I think. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, until you told me what they were <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> so they brought in A.J. Johnson, who is – he just plays with his hair on fire, and it's awesome, and this defense really needed it. They needed someone out there having fun. He – talked about after the game the other night how he's like oh it's like a club on the field like they're playing loud music i was just dancing out there like love that uh brought in mike purcell another hometown kid uh from highlands ranch who has just been a beast in the run game um and they moved kareem jackson who was kind of flirting in the nickel position and just made him play safety full time 
and he's an absolute missile from there. Uh, and after they did that, they made teams one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even the Chargers, who have a quarterback who used to be good at least, um, <laughs> you know, they oh. were one-dimensional, and it, and it doesn't work for them. And then you do it up against the Titans, who have a quarterback who's never been good, and – you make them one-dimensional, and there's nothing they can yeah. do. Literally nothing they can do. They score zero points. So <laughs> making teams one-dimensional is great. Unfortunately, the Chiefs are just, like, willingly one-dimensional. They don't really care about running the ball. Like, running the ball is, like, a, a chore to them. So it's going to be a much bigger challenge this week because all they want to do is pass the ball, uh, except for with Mahomes' ankle. That kind of throws a little bit of a wrench in the gears. But those changes completely alter this defense, and they 100% have their mojo back. I was going to say, we'll get to who won the week, but who lost the week? Braden Holtby or Marcus Mariota? Oh, God. Mariota, probably, because he's officially a number one overall or a number two, two. overall bust at this point. And the backup came in and had more passing yards in like five minutes. <laughs> yep. yep. And it was rough. I mean, some of that garbage time, but yeah, Mariota was awful. Mariota, I mean, it Hopefully was. Hopey will always have his ring. Just, true. Yeah. That's true. That is very true. Yeah. Mariota just looked absolutely incapable of running an offense and and completing very simple passes and i think he's probably done i don't think they've announced it yet but they're gonna make that move to Tannehill, and and that'll be it for him as probably as a starter in the nfl well they, even if the broncos lose to the chiefs they can have that little feather in there in right. cap think he then. Would get a flyer somewhere else I think he'll get a starter, flyer, but I, I don't, don't know. Think so. Who would want to? I'm trying to think well, of the especially when Cam Newton might be available, Jameis Winston might be available. Marcus Mariota with those three Heisman winning retreads is you know is behind the. Dak hasn't signed he's probably his gonna go, contract yet. He's probably going to go like back up Lamar Jackson. Or Nick something. Foles uh, will be available. No love for Kaepernick, huh? I mean, sadly not. We, I think Rudolph. We know. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you want to bring up China? While you're yeah, there? really. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> you know. I do have LeBron's comments pulled up. <laughs> well, um, so anyways, yeah, that that was crazy. But to hold a team to zero points, yeah, is so hard. I was as I was saying before the show, that's hard to do to a team in college. Like even if you know you're playing Southeastern Connecticut State, it's hard to hold them to zero points. My mom, yeah, the Buffs there. at least got three exactly. <laughs> against Oregon. Yeah. The, when you shut a team out, that is like the ultimate disrespect and dominance and. I really think it did a lot for the mojo of this team. This is probably a dumb question. Why not sooner with these changes? Why now? How? It's not a dumb question. It's a question that everyone's wondering. Um, and there's not a good answer to it because Vic Fangio's best answer was like, I just didn't think uh, Alexander Johnson was ready yet. Damn it, I did it again. Um, <laughs> but the thing that the biggest point of contention there is in week one against the Raiders, they started Corey Nelson at that position. And he was brought onto the team like six days before. So he absolutely wasn't ready. With all due respect, I really like Corey. He looked terrible. Yep. And then all of a sudden you bring in this guy who actually looked good throughout the preseason and throughout training camp, and he looks great. So um, there's not a real good reason for it. In terms of Purcell versus having Gotsis there and Harris in the middle, I, I don't think there's really a good answer there either because they had Shelby Harris playing nose tackle, which was not a natural position for him. Um, Adam Gotsis was a second-round pick once upon a time, so I think they were kind of trying to hang on to what they had there. But it's clear now that you know the formula for them is, is stop the run and make teams one-dimensional. Could it also have been just like those nervous – I don't know how to say it, but like Vic Fangio is a new head coach. Maybe he didn't want to trust his gut yet. He was like, ah, maybe – got to stick with this until and then he finally was like you know what I know what I'm talking about I am very defensive minded I'm gonna make these moves and they paid out as soon as he trusted his gut yeah I mean I think there's it's twofold there because I think his gut was to put Shelby Harris at nose mm. and he and he realized that he was wrong on that but he also is a guy who loves Mike Purcell you know he always jokes um, when John Elway and Matt Russell came to him and they're like, hey, what do you think of Purcell? You, we know you've had him in your system a couple of different times, but he didn't make the team. Uh, like, should, should we bring him in? And he was like, yeah, be careful, though, because if you bring him in, you're going to love him. And You might want to keep him. Right. Yeah, right you here. might want to keep him. And that obviously played itself out. And now we've got another hometown kid in Colorado who's balling out. Well, we got to talk about this offense. They, they've been enough. 
but they haven't been anything special. And uh, and at this point... Enough the last two weeks. Yeah, enough the last two weeks to win them the games. But Joe Flacco had zero touchdowns, an interception. Philip Lindsay had the lone touchdown of the game. And um, Brandon McManus scored 10 points. Nine. Nine. Oh, ten. Ten, ten, including an extra point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what's going on? Is that what Broncos fans should expect from this offense? Yeah, I've been saying it for the whole year. Um, the, the offense is going to be boring and annoying and frustrating and not exciting. And okay. any well, words you want to use, that's what that's what they designed this team. Like the last two weeks is what they designed this team to do, mm. is to put out dominant defensive performances and just do enough on offense. Rich Gangarello said today, like, I don't call games for stats. I call games to win. And, you know – I've joked about it throughout the week, but I said they scored 15 more points than they needed to on Sunday. I joke about it, but that's really what the, that's their philosophy. There is be smart, you know, try and uh, grind the defense down. The problem that you cannot have continue to happen is the short drives. Like if you grind the clock and you're running the ball and you're doing, you know, three, four yards in a cloud of dust and that whole thing, that's fine. But I believe it was nine possessions that they had one or fewer first downs uh, in that game. You can't do – I mean, if you do that against the Chiefs, you are going to get killed. So you have to be able to possess the ball. But like I said, this offense is not designed for Joe Flacco to throw for 330 yards and three touchdowns. It's just not going to happen. Is there any chance that they can keep pace with Kansas City? I mean, the defense has to has to be ridiculous, right? Yep. The defense has to really play well. Um, they're going to have to get after Mahomes and rattle him early, whether that means – Get a, you know, getting that ankle flared up or not, or just you know having him uncomfortable, um, they have to do that. But offensively, like I said, this, like they can win the game if the defense holds them to 24, and maybe it has to go to overtime. You know, like they're not going to score 30 points right. and win this game. Yeah, there's no way. Would you consider Flacco and Mahomes basically polar opposites? As as someone who doesn't watch a ton of football and doesn't know a ton of the terminology, it took me about three minutes of watching Flacco to learn what a check down is. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when you, really, when you look at it that way, the one thing that they both have is really strong arms, so that would be mm-hmm. the one thing that makes them similar. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean – Mahomes was trying to make a big play on every play, yeah. it feels like. And Flacco is like, eh, check down, eh, check down. And obviously Mahomes makes plays with his feet. Flacco can't do that. There's, a, I mean, the, that was the hardest thing for me about the Broncos bringing in Flacco is he is a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. But when you are in win-now mode, which we know the Broncos always are, um, to think that you're going to be, com- be able to compete in a division with Patrick Mahomes, with Joe Flacco as your quarterback, is it just seems silly to me. Now, with Mahomes being injured now, things are a little bit different because he cleared – like someone uh, – Bill Barnwell of ESPN did a breakdown of Mahomes pre- and post-injury. And like pre-injury, who, he was the greatest quarterback of all time statistically. Post-injury, he's Andy Dalton. So that's been um, a huge factor in this. And so maybe now you can compete with the Chiefs, but on a grand scheme of things, it's why I was pounding the table for Kyler Murray last year. It's like you are not going to be able to compete in this division uh, over a long period of time unless you have an electric quarterback. All right, well. What about my guy? You've got your Ryan. AJ's got his AJ. When am I I get my Drew? Drew Locke. My (laughs) guy. My guy, too. Uh, I mean, he – can't he he has the ability to be an electric quarterback unfortunately we're gonna just have to keep waiting and waiting and waiting until we see him and if they keep winning we're gonna have to wait even longer and longer and longer um but i think he has the ability to be it we just there's only one way to find out and you just have to you have to put him out there eventually so rich gangarello said last week the number one most important thing for a quarterback is to not have to play early which doesn't sound good for us seeing drew anytime (laughs) soon what if the Broncos beat the Chiefs? What what does the rest of their season look like? I mean, they're back in it. There'll there be one game out of first place in the AFC West if they beat the Chiefs with the tiebreaker over the Chiefs and Chargers. So mojo and confidence and belief in, in what you're doing as a football team is everything. And it's already really high right now, which is the main reason why I'm giving them a chance to win this game. If they win that, I mean – 
they could very easily get hot, roll off four, five, six in a row, and, and be right back in the playoff picture. That's what makes this so exciting. And, you know, there's so much talk about tank or don't tank and this and that, and it's like, just think about how this feels right now. Everyone's excited for the Broncos game mm-hmm. on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Like, that does a huge thing, and the players are the same way. They are, ex- <laughs> they are chomping at the bit to try and go out there and, and make plays on Thursday and show the world that the 0-4 start was a fluke. And especially if they go win that game, you can point to the 0-4 start maybe being a fluke. Especially those first couple of games. Like, right, I, I, I mean, mean, the Bears and the, and yeah. the Jags. You win those one of those two you're three and three right now you win both of those which is very realistic to see you're you know you're four and two so well on the dnvr broncos podcast you talked about wanting or preferring the broncos to go seven and nine or eight and eight rather than tanking so i want to take everyone's opinion here and see what you guys think of tanking like ryan's saying now look at the momentum and look at the positivity around the broncos now that they've won a few games but what about that draft pick what 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 do you guys think of that i think tanking would be far more compelling if they didn't have as someone as interesting as drew lock but having him sort of allows you to see where the the chips fall and there's a lot of baseball mentality in my mind too where there is no clock, and there's 107,000 games, and so you just keep trying to win because crazy things can happen, and football's a little bit different. But, I, I mean, RK just laid it out, and I, I trust his opinion. That, like, that's if teams get hot like that, and you do look back at those first couple of games, you're like, maybe this team was better than we realized this whole time. It took them a minute to gel. Uh, there's no reason to give up on any season before you have to. Uh, and, and so, like, I, I'm not an anti-tanker. There are definitely times, especially in the NBA, mm-hmm. I feel like the, cause there's one player just changes everything for you instantly. Right. And tanking is fun in the NBA. Right. <laughs> and generally, but you know you're bad by, like, halfway through yeah. the season. Yeah. And you've got 40 before. games. Yeah, 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 even before that. Some teams know going right into it that right. they're just not even going to compete. Yeah, obviously, it never makes sense to tank in baseball. Uh, teams that are bad in baseball, they just are. Like, you, number one draft picks just don't revitalize franchises yeah. in baseball the way they do in other sports. Well, with tanking with the NBA, you still have the lottery. Right. It's not like the NFL Which where is objectively you could get dumb, that first right? place. Very, very dumb. Okay. Because NHL has a lottery as well. Yeah. I, I am all for tanking. <laughs> Tank it out all the way home. If you're not, you're just delaying the inevitable pain that is coming to you. We saw it with the Avs under Patrick Waugh for years. The NHL has this thing called the Calgary Zone because of the Calgary Flames for a decade where a playoff bubble team that were never good enough to really contend to win and were never bad enough to kind of start right. over. The Nuggets, I mean, under yeah. George Carl. Yeah, so you're, you're stuck in limbo if you don't tank eventually and just get it over with is my opinion. Even post-Carl, the Nuggets were right in that like 8 to 12 <laughs> pick range where it was like, well, great, we're not getting a franchise player. But the thing that's so crazy about football is like – Everyone knew Zion was going to be really good. Yeah. In most years, there's a basketball player who – there's no, like, question or whether or not they're going to translate. And, you know, the, the hoop is the same height. The rim is the same size. One of the top three guys is going to be a baller. Like, in the NFL, even with Tua this year, there's no guarantee that Tua yeah. hits as an NFL quarterback. And that's such a crazy thing to me. Like, you you just don't know. And, and on top of that – you know, especially for the Broncos this year, they they had no chance with the roster they have at getting the number one overall pick. So the the best they could have probably done is third, and even that would have been a miraculous collapse. Um, and so at that point, you know, there's a chance you could get the third best quarterback in the draft, and there's especially no guarantees that that guy is going to be good. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos are definitively on the bad enough side of the fence, right? And where you said, like, you don't give up if you don't have to. Yeah, you don't look at them and say – Look, they, they're three, four years away, so let's take the quarterback that in three years could be an absolute game changer, right? And you but might already have that guy. You might already have that guy, exactly. So they're, they're, they're way better than their record, right? I don't know if they're necessarily a good team, but they are better than this, and so I'm off the tanking bandwagon. And here's what it, what it comes down to to me. I, I don't really care about draft pick and this and that. Vic Fangio comes in this year, and he's trying to build something. And there's a lot of young talent on this team. I mean, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Dalton Reisner, Bradley Chubb, obviously they lost him. But you like I've, I keep saying the first floor of the rebuild has already been built. And to me, one of the most important pieces of that foundation is winning culture. 
And I would have, like, from a fan perspective, I would have never said this before, but the the toll, like, I, being in the locker room and walking in there on a week after a loss or a week after they've lost four in a row, it is brutal. No one's talking to each other. People are just on their phones. It's completely silent. No one's excited about anything. And over time, that can really wear people down. And I, I think the, the one thing that can derail what you already have built in this young core is to continually lose and have them make losing a habit. And I fully believe that winning is a habit and losing is a habit. So for me, it's like you go seven and nine this year. If you look at that in a vacuum, that's terrible because you aren't bad enough to get a good pick. You aren't good enough to be a competitor, but you will, you'll be able to say, we finished the season seven and five in our last 12 games. We're building something. Uh, you know, we're on the right track. Vic Fangio, he, after those first four games, he figured it out. You can say all that stuff. And, and usually if you look at teams who did rebuild, they don't just go from four and 12 to 12 and four overnight. You have to make a stop on the way. I realize Peyton Manning really throws a wrench into this whole argument, but the Broncos, they went four and 12. They drafted Von Miller. They went eight and eight the next season. Mm -hmm. And then they went 13 and three. And then they went, you know, went on to go to two Super Bowls. They got Peyton Manning in there, but you can make the argument they would have never gotten Peyton Manning if they went four and twelve that next season too, because Peyton would have wouldn't have been intrigued to come here. Yeah. He said, "Wow, they went eight and eight with Tim Tebow as their quarterback. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do when I come in there?" So, there's a lot to be said for winning, attracting free agents, you know, building a winning culture, belief in the mission, all of that stuff. Um, I've been on the tank train before. It's just I've now that I've started to see what losing can do to a team. It's ugly. It's hard to watch. So I think even if they do go seven and nine this year, you say that's a step in the right direction. I do think though that zero wins sparks those younger guys. I mean, you can look at it at the rise. Cheeto Bayouzie would tell us that he didn't want to be in that position anymore. Like he, him and his teammates, his year were like no we are going to be the difference, we are going to be the change, and we're not letting this happen. And you can see that fire in those young guys like Philip Lindsay, like Dalton Reisner. Like, I think it does do a lot of bad, but then you also spark a lot of momentum of let's get out of this. Yeah, the thing is just that fire, it, it, go, it burns out yeah, eventually. eventually. And so, like, losing – and here's the other thing I've talked about a lot. These guys put so much into going from a Sunday to a Sunday. In between there, they are putting in hours and hours of work on their body so they can get back out on the field. They're putting in hours and hours of film study. They put so much in during that time that when you go out and lose again, it, it just kills you. Yeah. And it's human nature after a while to start emotionally protecting yourself from that and trying to not care quite as much because you feel like it's going to happen again and you don't want those – like legitimately depressing feelings yeah. after you lost yet another game. And so guys slowly, but surely like lose that fire because they don't want, they don't want to feel that every single week. And, and so the more and more you lose, I think it's very dangerous. And if you can just streak together the, that good feeling a little bit more, it, even if you go seven and nine this year, those young guys are still going to have that fire. Hey, we, yeah. we still haven't made the playoffs. You know, we got to turn it around. So. All right, well, we will be having a DNVR Sons of Mile High tailgate on Thursday for the game. And, Brendan, you went to your first tailgate. Did you have fun? A lot of fun. Free food, free Breck brews, and your friends. And free Broncos football. Flabongos? And yeah, we've got to come to Boulder if you want to do football. Yeah, we don't do those there. They, they do have shot skis, though. They also have the Bongzilla, oh, which yes, Brandon Spano partook in. <laughs> No, it's awesome. I had it's a great a time. time. <laughs> I had a great time, and I didn't even get to go to the game. I would recommend going and finding a bar to watch from there if you don't have tickets. It was awesome. Yeah, Brooklyn's is only a you know, stone's throw away. Yeah. A long stone's throw. But yeah, well, no, no, there's two Brooklyn's. Oh, the there's the one by the Pepsi Center, and then there's the OG, which yeah, really is. Which you really could is probably it. hit it with a stone. Yeah. Let's, that's good Instagram content. We'll get on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, be sure to stop by that. It'll probably start at around 3, I would say. Four hours before kickoff, so uh, two. Two? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll all be there, hopefully. Drew, are you going to make it out? I don't know. Maybe. I I might have to prioritize. I'm a hockey guy now. I, I think know. I have we to have go the to, Avs I, watch I, party I, the day before. Yeah, see, I think I'm doing Avs watch party, but... 
Being I also, this company makes you drink a lot. It yeah, does. I'm going to be drinking a lot of Brett really this week. But I also do still have to cover the Colorado Rockies for, <laughs> for oh, DNVR. Occasionally. I, yeah, yeah. So I, I need to do a little bit of that this week as well. But maybe I can get I can maybe do both. I don't know, man. It's a lot of fun to see you guys out there. There's been so many people who are so excited to meet. Ryan, Andrew Mason, Zach Stevens. Brendan was getting his picture taken. So be sure to stop by. Rudo, do you think you'll make it? I will try to make it. The Avs don't play that night, so hopefully. I mean, come free, party. Free Breck <laughs> Brew is really tempting. Rudo, just come through, dude. Everyone <laughs> wants you there. Just, just do it. All right. Well, all of the success in Colorado has got us smiling. And we all know here at DNVR that you got to take care of your teeth, and that's important. And guess what? Our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. It's seriously that easy. Check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment. And by the end, you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Let's move on to the best segment on the show who won the week last week? No surprise there. The Colorado Avalanche won the week with Miko Rantanen being elite by 44%. But hey, the Nuggets made a run for it. They got 38% for MPJ making his long-awaited NBA debut. And Vic Fangio finding his formula and getting his first win got 16%. And good old Steven Montes coming into his own got 2%. Oh, Steve. Um, I think he came out of his own. <laughs> he came into it, he came week. right out You're of it. You're like four for four with those jokes in this pod. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad jokes. Um, do, do we give Rudo his floor time now or at the end? After I play my song. <laughs> if he <could. laughs> Who won the week? So because things have been so easy for you guys, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. But because Rudo won the week last week, you're going to get the full minute, even though oh, I know you're already going to tell him. You don't I feel like time, he, he gets a like a little monologue time where he could talk about whatever he want, like we decided last week. Then he has to make his new case. Oh, oh. Okay. like a winner's circle. I get both. Okay. No, you'll s- then you'll get 30 seconds. All right. All right. Like you can fine. use it for literally whatever you want, oh, though. Right. So, like, if that's you want to give us your Joker review or, like... <laughs> or uh, WWE, like you guys were yeah, talking in the There you go. Who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumble? Whatever you want to talk Please about. Please don't be WWE. I mean, it could be AEW if it was going to be one. But that's what it should it, be. It won't be. <laughs> All right. What is it? Um, we were putting him on the spot here. Yeah. I, 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 I was going to do it about our watch party, but you kind of already covered that. So do it again. You can talk more in detail about it. Um, I really cannot recommend the sweet tickets enough. I had the chance to go with these guys and it's awesome to watch an ads game from a suite. It's something you should experience if you haven't. And, we have a chance to give them to you at this watch party, which, by the way, you can actually watch the Avs because they're on national television, so that's nice. Should definitely show up, have some Breck Brews. I mean, McKinnon and Crosby, if you're a hockey fan, you know it's always fun. <laughs> Something special will happen. And those tailgates, or those tailgates, those watch parties are just they're so banging. much yeah. fun to be around all of the like drew you're gonna have a blast being around all of these other hockey fans it's just so fun and i'm gonna find some people to take me to my first live i've never been to an nhl game obviously so i'm gonna find some friends to take me so to my whoever first wins live. those sweet tickets Pretty there you true. go huh? um, be very entertaining. remember i've always been your best friend and i've been <laughs> the biggest as fan in the world for three games now so also the last time we were there was game two against calgary and that's when Mac scored his top shelf game winner in overtime. The Nuggets Bill. were playing at the same time. The Nuggets didn't win. Oh, Jamal missed the little yeah, corner, missed. the little elbow It was jumper. very stressful. We had both games on the TV, and everyone's like, oh, yes, no. <laughs> my back. Before, real quick, before my time starts, shout out to all the things that didn't win the week for the Avs, being undefeated, Brett Heinlich getting three challenge calls correct. Gotta love both of those things. All right, Bruto, 30 seconds. Go. All right, so obviously Kale McCarr won the week because he did amazing things. You know how many defensemen rookies started their careers with a five-game point streak? You can count it on one hand. You know how many have done more? You can count it on one 
finger. Kale McCarr is making history, and this is something that the Avs haven't done since the golden era. It's truly incredible, and these are the stories 20, 30, 40 years from now. You'll be going back and saying, Back in my day when we watched Kale McCarr on the 2D flat-screen television... He set records and we liked it. I actually wanted him to finish that. <laughs> time's up. Wow. That, was great. that, I, that is. Quite I was the very sound. focused on the time, but that was that was very entertaining. <laughs> How long were you working on that? <laughs> uh, so I did the voice once in the car on the way over, and it was about four octaves higher than that. <laughs> So I, I like how suddenly we all just became like Southern or <laughs> where are we from now? Yeah, I don't know how to do an old person voice. <laughs> it's just a Southern matter. <laughs> okay, Drew, you can, the Rockies, you can choose another team <laughs> <laughs> as to your argument as who won the week, but you cannot choose. Uh, you're going to choose the app. Right. Choose whatever you want. Yeah, Here's you can choose whoever you want, but you can't choose the same as Rudo, obviously. Go. All right, this is the last time I'm ever going to do this. I won the week. Let's Me. Go. I win the week because I'm an Avs fan now. But not just because I'm an Avs fan now, but because I'm a hockey fan now. And I'm figuring it out. It's like discovering the Beatles for the first time. having never heard their music before or something. It's there, There's nothing like getting to discover something completely new and having really smart people around to explain it to you. Like having AJ and Rudo just there that I can ask any questions ridiculous like what kind of you know person gets to do that so I win the week man 30 seconds is a lot faster I love these in this new rule I 100% support Drew winning the week <laughs> by the Drew, way two abs they're gonna take votes from each other I know Kale McCarr or Drew it's a hard one I got this brand new super kicking DNVR hockey shirt do you know who Ooh, that it is? it even has the DNVR logo have, on I, there. I don't. It's Miko. Or no, it's Nathan. <laughs> oh, it's, it's McKinnon. It's Miko's McKinnon. on my mind. Miko's on my mind. Nathan. It's from the Sega Genesis games I used to play where you had little guy, medium guy, big fat guy. There are a lot fewer <laughs> big fat guys in the NHL than I thought. Sega lied to me. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to get the Big Moose Miko shirt when it comes out. Yes, I am. Um, you're going to have to make him a Burakovsky shirt. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah, what I'm saying. specific for you. <clears throat> All right. Brendan, why did the Nuggets win the week? The Denver Nuggets found their small forward and power forwards of the future. They'll have to retain Grant, but if they can afford him, he slides into what they need at the four. He's a perfect Nugget. MPJ is top 10 player material. There's a chance that the Nuggets have three top 20 players down the line. There's a chance that they have two top 10 players, and there is a realistic path to the Denver Nuggets winning a title in the next three years. The Nuggets have won the week. God, you saw that I pulled up that other thing. Hashtag a perfect nugget. A perfect nugget. Perfect nugget. <laughs> All right, Ryan, why do the Broncos win the week? The Broncos win the week because they're firmly back in the race. Um, it sounds crazy to say that at 2-4, and four, but they are. it's all right in front of them. Beat the Chiefs. You're one game out of first place in the AFC West. You're back in the hunt for the playoffs. And most importantly, they found their defense. You know, I said before the season that's going to be the number one defense in the NFL. It looked really stupid for four games. Well, now they're <laughs> top five in most categories after these last two. So they found their defense. They're back in the race. And they have a chance to do the unthinkable on Thursday and be right back in it. God, you finished with two seconds. All right. Well, we'll see. Andre, do you have a contestant for who won the week? Or do you agree with these guys? No, I think uh, my vote will go to the Nuggets. Let's okay. go. Preseason uh, dirty. Like Come on. Huh? You going to do Drew dirty Drew like that? Drew oh, yeah. <laughs> Drew, are you kidding me? I got to make a plea to the I've Nuggets fans. I've been standing on Drew for like three months. <laughs> He's gotten his time. We're, we're moving on. Nuggets fans, Sorry, vote Drew. in this. No, the Az fans are bullying you. They bullying are. you. You own the can too. But now you have a chance because the votes are going to be split. Yeah, don't vote for Kale. Put them all towards Drew. Like, <laughs> I'm fine with this. Kale, do you have super intern Kale? Do you have someone that you have a vote for specifically? I would, I, I'm going to vote for the Broncos. Broncos. Let's go. Right. Part of that is I'm mostly Broncos fan, but yeah. <laughs> it's also because Ryan's this is a why partner. I call you're an intern. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do love. It. I, I mean, like. I know. You guys are going to win anyway. Like, let's just love the Broncos. All right. I'm, it's been a while since the Broncos won the week. I'm going to pick Drew. Let's see it. Let's see if Drew wins. But <laughs> thanks to everyone for listening and we'll see you guys next week.